Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most biased podcast network. Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we ask the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Dusha. Boys, Brisbane had a buy, so um, yeah, whatever. How Goods Footy. Here we go, here we go, here we go. How good is having a team that sucks shit for a quarter or two and then absolutely turns it on in a blistering comeback? How good is it coming back from 36 points down, baby? Feels good. I momentarily forgot how fucked things got in this round. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought, no, Brisbane, whatever. What's happening next week? (laughs) Shit. Two of the hugest, the two biggest comebacks of the year, no? Yes. I think so. And our comeback was our equal. Biggest comeback from a first quarter deficit in our club's history. <laughs> one comeback was more impressive than the other one because at least I think with your one, Tom, it wasn't a huge shock because you're, you know, <laughs> right up the top of the ladder and, and yeah. Geelong, Geelong can really turn it on. Essendon, I mean, we'll get to it when we cover the game, but fucking hell, Joel, were you one of the people that wanted to put your membership in the microwave at halftime and just <laughs> give up? Uh, so... <laughs> Halftime, at the, uh, just before halftime, Brownie on the commentary team was like, geez, boys, if you're an Essendon supporter right now, you'd be hard-pressed not to throw your remote through the television screen. <laughs> and I was like, Brownie, you're absolutely right. That's like slightly paraphrased, but he did say TV is going to get ruined. Sean, can we both agree that that may be the best Jonathan Brown impression I've ever heard in my life? <laughs> yeah, Joel, you, captu- you captured his essence beautifully. Oh, it was so good. So good. It's, he sounds like an exasperated dad at a barbecue. Just nailed it. <laughs> anyway, fuck it. Let's just get into it now. It's the first game of the round anyway. So round 14 of the 2020 AFL season kicked off on a Thursday afternoon with Hawthorne taking on Essendon. And at halftime, Essendon were down by 36 points. It was seven goals, 10 to two goals, four. And I was like, fuck me, boys. This, this is shit. <laughs> Can confirm. Can Thursday confirm. afternoon footy is 
fucking off its head. Like I get home from work and the game's halfway over, and I'm like, what the, fuck? <laughs> the sun was still out, and I was like, what the what the fuck's happening? It's a Thursday, the sun's out. It's like uh, the normal. It feels like Saturday afternoon. Yeah, even the game after this one finished earlier than you would have thought. Like I, I, yeah. I think I squeezed in a movie after two games of football. <laughs> Ridiculous. Fuck. I squeezed in two movies. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Essendon stopped being really frustrating at halftime and came out and then just fucking turned it on. In a way that a team that are like well, were like 12th on the ladder, you probably wouldn't expect them to. Like when you're 36 points down and you're in the bottom half of the ladder, that's usually just good night. Yeah. Yeah. It, it And you didn't look like, this is the thing, like Hawthorne had been shit all year. And this was the most together they had looked for weeks, and Essendon yeah. just could not get their hands on the footy. Yeah. It was one of those games where, I mean, I said the halftime score before, but Hawthorne was seven goals ten uh, to Essendon's two goals four, which meant that even though Hawthorne were missing heaps and heaps of shots, you're like, doesn't matter, they're just killing Essendon so much that these missed opportunities won't affect them. Um, well, I was wrong to think that, because they fucking did. Uh, I wasn't expecting Hawthorne to only kick three goals after that uh, to Essendon's 11. <laughs> Fucking and hell. Two of them were like pretty cheeky late ones, but they were just sort of lingering around. Weirdly, like lingering, but not really looking like they were going to be able to pinch it because Essendon just ran over the top of them like a freight train. Yeah, so they kept. So I think um, Essendon got in front, then Hawthorne kicked a goal. Like, Essendon got, like, a goal and a half in front. Hawthorne kicked a goal to peg it back to, like, three or four points. Then Essendon just responded really quickly. One thing that we were doing all game that meant that the comeback was never really on for Hawthorne in that last quarter is we were just absolutely fucking destroying them at clearances. Well, that was the issue. You were getting the ball that you just, every time... it was that, that first half, you would win the ball out of the middle and then kick it to no one, and then Hawthorne would go mm. the other end and kick a goal every time. Yeah, I think what was happening was uh, there was also a lot of handballs that weren't going anywhere. Essendon weren't kicking at all, really. Um, And they really wanted Joey to kick a goal in the first Mm -hmm. half to the point where it was like, there was never an opportunity where they like kicked it to him, where they should have kicked it to someone else. But there was many times where I was like, he's got two guys on him. Why did you do that? Like, Get him into the game, though. uh, The second half. Yeah, uh, turns out that was a good strategy because fucking hell, in the second half, he was on fire. Well, I wonder what that rev up speech was at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> I love the response too because so many people were cracking the shits, mainly at, at Ben Rutten. They were like, oh, truck, he can't fucking coach. Is it too late? Can you sack a coach before he's even officially taken over the team? <laughs> at the end of the game, it's like, eh, it's truck. Truck's pretty good. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, what was he even better? Busher, what did you say at halftime? And he went, oh, I didn't, I didn't um, you know, Ben Rutten took over. <laughs> I didn't really say anything at halftime. <laughs> no, but no, I, I also love the, the fact that you had you had so many people, like, all in the lead-up to the game, criticising Essendon for bringing Danaher back. Like, I know David King, Jared Healy, a bunch of those guys oh. were really like, this is a terrible fucking decision. And then he basically, you won by 16 points, he kicked three goals. He was your difference. He sparked you to life. Yes. Um, and also, there was two two sparks. This this The flame of a comeback was started by two separate sparks in the Essendon football team. One thing that Essendon did at halftime that we also haven't mentioned yet is... Uh, 
a big man who came back into this game uh, had been out injured for like six to eight weeks. Uh, had been playing into defense, not doing a lot down there. Uh, but then, Kale Hooker, he got swung forward, kicked a goal. We were thirty six points down, and he kicked a goal, and then had a celebration like he'd just kicked the fucking sealer of a grand <laughs> final. <laughs> He got everyone so charged up, and then he was all over it in the forward half after that. He was trying to take fucking huge grabs. He wanted to kick six. Uh, <laughs> and then Joey clearly saw that and was like, fuck, maybe I should try and kick six today as well. He gave it a red hot go. So yeah, the two boys that got brought back into the team really made the difference in the end. <laughs> nah, it's good. It's good. It's good to have him back. Um, it's good to have a man who loves football as much as Joe Danaher loves football, loving football again. He looked happy too. He looked. It's hard to not read into how happy he looked. Yeah, I agree. Joel, it's good for two reasons. Either you know, with him back in the team, you're a way better team. Yes, because he's a gun. Yes, and if if he is going to leave, it's good to get him on the park for the last month because, like, you've gone from gonna get nothing for him because he could never mm. play. You're probably back in the first round now. The first round draft. Yes. Yeah. He's a fucking yeah, incredible one game, one game boosts his profile <laughs> that much because he's because you watched that game and you went fuck. He hasn't played for a year. He's taken ten marks, could have kicked six, was in everything, and gave a pinch out in the ruck as well. Yeah, he's worth it. Did Frawley play? Because I know they didn't have Sicily or Stratton, so that's probably the counter argument to Danaher lighting it up is that the Hawks probably didn't have a backline. They were five goals up though. Like, they should have won. Yeah. That was 7 yeah. 10. Like, Essendon, like, I've just realized that third quarter, Joel, you kicked five goals, three to one goal. <laughs> like, that's absurd. And then you kick six goals, two to two goals, one. Like, you just, they kicked three, one after half time, and you guys kicked fucking 11, five. Yeah, it was. Killed them. Absolutely fucked up. So, next game. Uh, Richmond learnt from their scare against Essendon where they couldn't put Essendon away because they kept missing shots on goal and kicked 14 goals for and absolutely murdered the West Coast Eagles. West Coast. 1-8 straight or something, 7 or 8 straight, and like most of them were in Western Australia. And fun fact, they're now out of Western Australia again and they've fallen in a heap. I don't think West Coast can win the flag, personally. Mm. Not if it's not in Perth. They, were, they, they had that one blistering game where they murdered Collingwood. And then I think they've been a little bit up and down. Like they've still been winning, but it hasn't been super convincing. Well, I think you got to look at who they've who they've beaten, right? Like they've beaten out of the teams in that top bracket. They've only beaten Geelong and only just. I'm pretty sure because they got mm. they got beat by Port. They got beat by Brisbane. Just beat mm. us by a couple of kicks. They've now got knocked around by Richmond. They they beat the Giants, but the Giants are garbage. Um, Kennedy barely played in this one. He got knocked out. Or concussed. Yeah, that was nasty. Um, mm. From a pretty clumsy knee from Bolter. It's the kind of thing where, like, my hatred for Richmond makes me wish that they would look at that and be like, come on, mate, give him a fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think that's just a big, dumb, idiot boy with a big, dumb body, though, just flying for everything. Yeah, you're right. I think it's just him being a bit, you know, un- a bit like a big, lumbering giraffe, unaware of his own bulk <laughs> at any given point. But... Uh, Tom, it is quite a coincidence, though, that in the first 15 minutes of a pretty big game that the key forward gets knocked out from a stray knee. Hmm. 
I mean, look, that is interesting. If I was wearing a tinfoil hat, which I'm not, but if I was, I tell you what, that tinfoil hat would be beeping pretty loud in the microchip in my brain. Mm. Not long after that, I think maybe it was the second quarter, um, what's his name? The the diver. Um, Grimes. Dylan Grimes. Grimes. Yeah. Did his hand. He went off as well, so it kind of leveled out. Even though he wasn't, he wasn't playing on, on Kennedy, but yeah, it evened it out a bit. Yeah, old Divey McGee. <laughs> they, they. This is the thing though about about West Coast. Yes, they're missing. They lost Kennedy in the game, and that's no good. But then when Richmond lose Grimes, who's pretty integral in that back six, they're also missing Prestia and a whole host of other names. West Coast were missing yeah. Kennedy, but feel like they were at full strength, and they still just like I was just looking at the stats, yo, like the yo possession. No yo, but like the possession getters on the ground, Kelly Gaff and a whole bunch of other guys had a lot of the ball, just. Mm. Couldn't get anything going, whereas Richmond were just brutal. Yeah, West Coast fucked this. Well, I, I saw an interesting stat the other day. Uh, yeah, about um, like Brisbane generate a lot of shots on goal from their midfield, and West Coast I think are ranked 18th in the comp for that. Like their midfield just don't really generate, don't don't kick for goal. Basically, yeah. they set up the forwards. They rely on the forwards pretty heavily. So when you take Kennedy out of that, kind of just fell apart a bit. Yeah. Yeah, geez, I didn't realise that was that was the case. I thought they've got you know some players that can kick it long, but I guess they don't really. It's it's Kennedy <laughs> or or Darling. Darling had that period where he kind of exploded for a moment and looked like he was going to drag West Coast across the line, but then Bolter kicked a goal from sixty metres out on the run, so it was all over. Yeah, West Coast had right of the lot the end of the third quarter. There was like a patch where it could have been on, but they missed a couple of shots at goal. Then, yeah, Richmond came out and kicked the first fucking, I think, three of the last quarter, and it was just like, good night. It was just the two, the AFL's two sookiest teams of the year <laughs> battling it out. Well, yeah. And the I biggest think... sook one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Tom, Friday night. Yes. Quarter, oh, boys. Quarter time, Friday night. Western Bulldogs, six goals, three. To Geelong, zero goals, three. Tom, you're down by 36 points. It's Bevo's 50th birthday. You're scared. Yep. You shouldn't have been. I was really nervous. Was it Bevo's because, birthday? Uh, yep, he's 50th. It was his birthday, yeah. 50th huh. birthday during the week. So He got the present he deserved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, now, look, watching this game... One of the one of the things that I've noticed watching Geelong this season is similar to a game, the game against Adelaide, but this game against the Bulldogs, we have lost games like this so often where mm. we let a team just kick five or six goals in the first quarter. We try to peg them back for the next three and just fall short. We did it against Carlton in round three or round four where they tore us apart in the first quarter and we just had to try to peg them back and we almost got them. Uh, but the same thing to Collingwood, let them sort of get on top and tried to bring them back. This happened and I thought, fuck, of course. The doggies are up and about and they've they've come to play. Hearing though from internally within the club, yeah. the the sort of message from Chris Scott, Dangerfield talking about it as well, and even Mitch Duncan at quarter time when Luke Hodge was interviewing him, Duncan was so calm and so measured. And hearing the message from Chris Scott at quarter time was you just gotta peg the lead back two goals at a time. Don't try to kick six goals in a quarter to get it back. Our defense tightened up. We started winning a bit more of the ball in the contest. We just fixed little things over the course of three quarters. So by the time we got 
to the fourth quarter and we were still only, you know, two or three goals down, we were on. Yeah. We what is it? They kicked six goals in the first six, quarter and then I think zero, one, two. Yeah, and we kicked three, two, five. Yeah. So <laughs> we lifted Top. in intensity. It was it's fucking good. It was plan B. That's what I mean. We had a plan B. Fuck. Uh, it's it's what what is this year? What is twenty twenty, Joel? The window seems like it's open. Plan Bs are flying around left, right, and center. It's amazing. Absolute a chaotic year. It is. Tom's going to lose the grand final. Oh, it's just <laughs> I'm just excited because one of you will definitely be bald come October. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be sunny out too. You can get that scalp nice and tanned. Oh, <laughs> like Chris Scott's incredible Queensland tan that he's got rocking at the moment. That man looks like the healthiest man in the world. What what skin? He looks beautiful. Oh. Did you hear the post match, Tom? Yeah, <laughs> with Tom Brown. Yeah. Did you catch that bit? And his uh, wife is using is look using skincare for the first time in forty five years or something like that. <laughs> Joel, did you hear? Did you see that? No, bit? I have no idea. Tom what Brown was about. basically frothing. He frothed over how good Chris Scott looked. <laughs> he bloody loved it. It is pretty funny to see how tanned every. Like every football player is at the moment, especially the clubs mm. from like Mel- all the Victorians. Yeah, especially the Victorian clubs. <laughs> like, um, I noticed it on Thursday with Essendon as well. Like, some of our boys are looking significantly darker than usual. It's good. Oh, actually, <laughs> Truck as well. He's uh, he's looking a bit tanned. It's looking good. It's, it's <laughs> the secret. A good tan results to good results on the field. Uh, you know, with one mm. exception, boys. Mm. With one exception, probably our most important player in this game on Friday night was a man who should not go out in the sun uh, and is still very translucent, and that is Gary Rowan, who played like a man fucking possessed. He's a human torpedo. He's just off his head. Like, he was involved. Yeah, Tom, I, I haven't think- seen him that chaotic since you guys beat Brisbane. Mm. Oh, when he, was he was unreal. Th- he was in everything. Like, there, there were passages weeks. of play where he would be down in the back line put a smother on, put a big tackle on, and then would be at the other end to get the goal. It was fucking un- unreal. I fucking loved it. Superman. Every week, please. Oh, Every yeah. Week. Now, he's had a couple of good weeks since coming back from, I think he had a week off just to reset. He's come back and he is flying for marks. That, that passage of play where he tackled Tim English into pieces and then was at the other end, got the marked the ball at the other end, it was just it was just so many good little things that that was really good from like like Dangerfield was unreal and lifted. That's that's a given. That's going to happen. But seeing guys like Rowan do that, seeing Luke Dalhouse put his body on the line and punch that ball through that then led to a goal, seeing my man Mark O'Connor snap an absolute fucking ripper. Like hmm. so good to see. And then boys, the tackle, the moment I knew we we'd won was I think it was about a minute and a half to go. We are mm. still only a kick ahead. And I'm thinking, fuck, the Bulldogs are out here. JJ's got the ball on the half back line. He's got a paddock to run in. Yep. He's off. Yeah, We're out. They're out here. And a little man named Brad Close went, not on my fucking watch. Put him to bed. <laughs> oh, tucked him in. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> the best thing I love about it is they showed like the um, the overhead shot of that passage of play. He's like back here. He sees the ball coming to JJ and he just takes off. Mm. Like he gets there just like, nah, fuck this. We're going to win. Mm. I loved it. Loved it, boys. It was fucking good. Oh, footy. <laughs> Tom, 
how are you feeling about the grand final? Reckon you'll be there? You being Geelong, I'm stressed, not- but if we... No, not, not me. No, no, no. We'll- yeah, no, no. We're not going <laughs> We're in anywhere. the wrong state. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm not thinking about grand finals at the moment. I'm thinking about being allowed to go to the shops. That's where Victoria is at at the moment. Anyway, yes, if you keep playing the way you're playing now... If we keep playing the way we're playing now, we are in a very good position with Selwood still to come back, with Ablett still to come back, and we've got depth. Like I looked at our injury list the other day. Selwood's on it, and Simpson is on it. No one else is on it. Mm. Like We've got the fittest lift we've had in years. Like Darcy Fort's available to play. Sav's available to play. Josh Jenkins available to play. We've got... A, we can play Blitzarves wherever we want because of Henderson and Taylor being in really good form. Tom Stewart's come back from that shoulder injury and just playing fucking brilliantly. Like, yeah, for the first time in a long time, I look at our list and go, yes, you can't replace a Hawkins and a Dangerfield and things like that, but there are players that can come in and, and do a job if required. Yeah. And that feels good as a supporter. So, yeah, if we can keep it up, I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna have a cold head in October. Very good. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Next game. Uh, it's pretty uneventful, and it was always going to be. Uh, Port Adelaide took on Sydney. Port Adelaide won. Uh, if you're a Sydney supporter, probably just be happy with the effort that they put in. Like Port Adelaide blew them away in the second quarter, and then Sydney really like. Stuck their boots in and made sure that didn't happen for the rest of the game. So that's good. It wasn't a massive blowout, which would have been really disheartening for all the young players at Sydney. But yeah, that's, that's about it. Sydney have so many injuries that it's hard to get a read on them for what they'll be like next year. But huge respect because they just never gave up. Yeah. No. Because fuck, it would be so easy to get, you know, to lose to Port Adelaide by like 80 points in that situation. And they like. I think there was a moment in the last quarter where they got it back under three goals. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, they did. One thing did. that I would be rude of us to brush over is the fact that they kept Port Adelaide goalless in the third. Port Adelaide only kicked one behind. Yeah, like that's incredible for a, for a backline too that doesn't have Superman Dane Rampey. Mm. Like that's the other thing you got to factor in. Yes, they're missing players everywhere. Dane Rampey is easily their most important player, and they kept a team goalless in a quarter where it looked like Dixon was going to kick twenty seven. Mm. Good to have Josh Kennedy back for the Swans. Oh, huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Um, did anyone else see Zach Butters nearly die keep trying to kick a goal? Yes. It was nope. scary because it looked like his knee exploded. But looked he, like he'd no. done both of his knees. <laughs> Jesus. But he hadn't. He was fine. He's fine. He, But he was running and just lost his balance. Someone was like, he got too fast and got the speed wobbles. But it genuinely looks like his knee just explodes out underneath him. Yeah. He looked so fucking bad. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's he's running, like he's streaming into an open goal. He's run from about 70 and he's about 40 out. And then all of a sudden, one of his knees kind of buckles and he kind of recovers. And then he goes to kick it and his other knee buckles and then he just falls onto the ground. And everyone was like, oh no, his knee. But no, he's fine. Just fell over. Just too quick. <laughs> too fast for his own body. Sean, are you watching it now? Yeah, I just have to suffer through the ad first. Oh, good. A, yep. a staple of the AFL app. For a company I won't fucking name. <laughs> good. Cop that, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Imagine watching that as a port supporter. You think you just lost a gun player. 
Oh my god. He's he's still down. Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> fucked. Yeah. It's like he gets shot. <laughs> Tries to keep running. My my brother was <laughs> It's my... so funny though. Now that we know he's okay, but yeah. what an idiot. <laughs> My brother was sending me messages and he's Big just goose. gone, oh no, oh fuck, oh no, butters, he's done. Oh no, he just fell over. <laughs> oh man. Fuck, that's um, funny. Yeah, good absolutely wild. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and yeah, Sydney, good job not getting absolutely destroyed. Next game. Uh, Frio played Giants. Giants really turned it on, won by 40 points. But, boys, have you heard the yeah. secret to their success? The giant success. The giant Punching success. Punching blokes behind the play. <laughs> giant success. Yeah, Toby Green punching people. Obviously, Toby Green was punching people off the ball, uh, which is charges Toby up, uh, and the Giants players see that they're like, "Whoa, we're on here!" But no, there's something else. So, Jeremy Cameron, Tom, what does he love to do? Oh. Loves kicking goals. <laughs> yes. Loves fishing. Loves fishing. Oh, loves fishing. Um, and he's been off for the last couple of. Did weeks. he go for a fish? He's he's been off for the last couple oh of God. weeks, boys. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't been able to fish, and unrelated, supposedly, he hasn't kicked many goals. Like he'd only kicked something like three out of the last four games or something like that. Two goals in the last five games. Oh uh, yeah, so even more fucked. Yeah, that's fucked. Rolls into this game, kicks four goals. Turns out, boys, he went fishing in between the last two games for the first time in weeks. Oh, <laughs> oh, there we go. His, what his, a scoop. Boys, his church, <laughs> Jezza's church is on the water. Yeah. It's, That's it. <laughs> he's a bit of a fucking aqua man. man. He, just, he doesn't have oh, to catch right. anything. He just has to be out there fishing <laughs> and it charges him up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's great. Oh, Not for Freya. No, bad for Freya, but good for Jezza. He, um... Mm. And yeah, good to see Toby Green Keeps the season alive. up to his old tricks again as well. Like he's in his natural habitat, jail. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he only got fined because you're allowed to punch people now. That's sick. You are. The AFL has set the precedent that yeah. you can beat the shit out of anyone you want um, as long as you're in a certain you, um, Guernsey. Yeah. You can't accidentally tackle someone a little bit too hard, but you can punch the shit out of them off yeah. the ball. Correct. And it's all Correct. Good. Uh, yeah. uh, the slightly late hip and shoulder uh, that results in no damage, just a scare, is two weeks also. Um, obviously, Shield learnt that the hard way. He should have just been punching people off the yeah. ball instead. That's it. You, yeah, look, Lincoln don't, McCarthy, don't go for a bump mate, or attack. Punch just, someone. Just punch him in the gut. Yeah. Except for Tom Hawkins. Tom Hawkins, <laughs> do not punch anyone in the stomach. You'll get eight weeks. <laughs> You'll be banned for life. Yeah. I reckon Tom- <laughs> they'll go back through their like tribunal history and look up a precedent and be like, oh yeah, we'll give him the Alistair Lynch charge. <laughs> I reckon Tom Hawkins is probably two, but double because he connects. <laughs> I reckon Tom Hawkins is probably two jumper punches away from the AFL tribunal bringing in the guillotine, just beheading him. <laughs> <laughs> nah, cut his hands off. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, man, he can't take huge marks without his hands. No, he can. He'll just take chest marks. He'll just yeah. mark him in his biceps. Won't use his hands at all. Boys, <laughs> next game. And usually this wouldn't be that exciting to me. Uh, so Melbourne beat St. Kilda, which was exciting because Melbourne are, look, patchy at best and dog shit at worst. Uh, and St. Kilda looked like they well, they were almost challenging top four at points this year. So and Melbourne needed to win to keep their yeah. seasons alive, and they did. 
Boys, do you know who was back for Melbourne? The big man. The big man. Mitch Brown. Oh. Mm. Yeah, and, that's oh, what I meant. Gone. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> what? Of course, of course Mitch Brown's there. The, the big man. Who else would it be, Sean? <laughs> Max Gone. Brown dog. Please. <laughs> Max. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I care about Max Gone? Who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Mitch Brown would be loving it up there on the Gold Coast with the Surface Paradise mums just living large. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's the big There's man. There's no schoolies, but Mitchie's up there. <laughs> um, he, so I started watching this in the second quarter. Mitch Brown hadn't had a touch, and I was like, oh, fuck. This is probably his career done. But then all of a sudden in the second quarter, he was just like, fuck. Maybe I'll just go for every contested possession in both halves of the ground. Uh, he took a few absolutely fucking enormous marks. He took one massive mark that got overturned due to a free kick off the ball, which was dog shit. But uh, yeah, also kicked one from like 45 on a real tight angle. Tell you what, boys, would have been good to see him in uh, red and black another season, but that's all right. Hey, as long as he's out there, he's a good player. Yeah. I'm not sure where I read it. It was on someone's tweet. I think I'm paraphrasing this, but it was like Mitch Brown just poured his heart and soul into a team that's going to almost definitely delist him within five weeks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's Which depressing. probably true. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've only played him twice. Uh, round one where he had a very ordinary game. But then this week, he, yeah, really turned it on. So I don't know if he, because he's such a fringe player, if like he had an injury that just wasn't really reported and because he wasn't, he's not someone that was in their best 22 when he was injured. No one really, like the media didn't really catch wind of it. What's that? Uh, it was something the players were getting a lot this year. It starts with like an S or something. Syndesmosis or whatever. Yeah. yeah I saw on his Twitter, um, he'd retweeted one of his friends posting a text conversation between him and Mitch Brown being like, Syndesosis or whatever the fuck you guys just said is going to be big this year and it was after a bunch of players had had it and the way that it was phrased I was like it could almost read that like Mitch had that as well like got it in between round one and round two yeah maybe yeah potentially I mean the, the thing the thing that hurts him is that I guess Tom McDonald has been fit and he probably got a game this week because Bailey Fritch got suspended by the club for being late to a meeting training, or training yeah. session um which Tom Brown thought was a bit stiff and Brian Taylor thought Tom Brown was a big fucking idiot. <laughs> as he does. As he does every week. Yeah. I don't know. It sucks to see his career kind of like this, but at least he kicked a fucking huge goal. Hey, why would you change a winning formula? Maybe he gets a gig next week. That's true. Who's Melbourne playing next week? Sydney. Sydney. Might as well. Keep him in. Yeah. <laughs> let him Let him kick a couple. Yeah. Have Melbourne fans just given up? Because I remember, I think, um, our How Good's Footy, we retweeted Melbourne's tweet of Mitch Brown's kicked his first goal as a demon. Yeah. And I remember looking at that tweet the next day, and it only had like three likes. So it's like, <laughs> Melbourne supporters, fucking get around it. Well, I think it's tricky because a lot of them are probably self-isolating in remote areas near the snow. So, like, <laughs> you know... That's hard. Melbourne Melbourne supporters have had it rough this year. Their team's dog shit as always, but they can't even they can't even go to Buller to get away from it all. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Uh because How Good's Footy retweeted the Mitch Brown one, uh, it's got the most amount of likes out of every score update of the match. 
<laughs> with a whopping good. 16. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just good to see Mitch Mitch playing again. It was also good to see him on a winning team. Be fucked if they play him against Essendon in, on the last game of the season. I will be so upset. But also, I reckon he'll probably secretly just play for Essendon a little bit. He'll go to the wrong bench. Yeah. <laughs> go to the wrong forward line, rip off his jumper. There's a sash on underneath. Uh, <laughs> it's tattooed, tattooed to his skin. <laughs> He's getting delisted as it's happening. <laughs> um, yeah, Melbourne. Look, maybe they'll make finals. Probably won't. They're Melbourne. Yep. Next game, uh, Collingwood beat Carlton. It's made me furious, boys. This made me furious. Is it because Carlton didn't kick a goal after halftime and only lost by 20 points? Yeah, but also Carlton were in it. They looked all over them in that second quarter and just packed it up. Yeah. Well, yeah. The- just two shit teams. <laughs> Sean, what do you say? You res- respect either of these teams? Never. Never in a million years. <laughs> Carlton are annoying. Carlton are only tolerable at the moment because they're not a successful team. The yeah. minute they start to like be back in the finals, you watch how many people will just be like, oh, fuck, I just remembered how much I hate Carlton. Same thing happened with Richmond. Now we all hate Richmond. Yeah, Collingwood, we just hate forever. It doesn't matter whether yeah. they're good or bad. We just hate them. <laughs> them winning hurts. Yeah. It does. One it thing does. I like about Carlton supporters, though, and Sean, I think you may have even mentioned this before, is that every time you go to a Carlton game and like Carlton have been shit for 10 years, maybe longer, but every single Carlton game, there's just supporters looking like that that game is the final straw and they're just cracking the shits. <laughs> they're so angry, but then they're back yeah, again been, next week and, su- and surprised yeah. that they're losing by 10 goals again. <laughs> and I respect that. Like We've all been there except for Tom. <laughs> yeah. Tom doesn't remember what having a shit team's like. <laughs> and he never will. Go Cats. Go <laughs> no Cats. Let's go. Tom's never going to have hair again. Make my head year. cold forever, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I never grow hair again. I shave it in October and it's shaved for life. <laughs> if Carlton had won this, there's a big chance that Collingwood wouldn't have, wouldn't have made finals and that would have been sick. Carlton can still make finals because they've got a relatively soft draw. Probably one of the softest out of the teams that are fighting for that eighth spot. But, yeah, but Joel, I think Collingwood need to probably win one more to play finals. I'd go with two. I reckon they need to win two of the next three, and one of them's you guys, and one of them's Port. No, no, but Tom, they're already a game and a half clear. I think one more will do it. Yeah, Tom, they, they're on 34 points. Who have they one, got? So one they've got more you guys win. next week. They've got Brisbane, Gold Coast, and Port Adelaide. It's That's tricky. The Gold Coast game's at the Gabba, though, which helps the Pies. I think Gold Coast don't mind playing Collingwood. They've had a few good results against them, haven't they? Well, they have, yeah. Historically, maybe. I mean, if Gold Coast play the way they did in the next game, um, who knows? (laughs) Tom, is that the sound of next game? That sounds like next game. (laughs) Gold Coast did what Hawthorne probably thought they were going to do against Dessiton, which is Gold Coast were missing fucking 100 set shots, but it didn't matter because... When your opposition's only scoring 28 points for the whole game, doesn't matter that you kick 12 goals, 19. No one gives a shit. 
When your opposition kicks four goals to half time, then one, <laughs> three more behinds for the rest of the match, and that was all in the third quarter, and then doesn't score mm. in the last quarter. Yeah, you're probably doing pretty well there, I reckon, if you're Gold Coast. <laughs> Gold Coast, boys, Gold Coast had 34 shots at goal from 45 inside 50s. That's yep. fucking mental. <laughs> yeah. It's just a non existent back line. Ben King could have kicked six. <laughs> he kicked two goals, four. He, he, and he missed some sitters too. Like, Yeah, fucking hell. There was some, there was some stat too at one point um, between them, maybe at halftime. So what, at halftime, uh, they'd kick like seven or eight goals. I think between them, Rankin and Ainsworth had been involved in individually six scoring shots to halftime. Like, they were just trying to do everything they could to get their team to win. Hmm. But uh, good on your sons. Good on them. It's good yeah. for them to have a win. It is. They're exciting to watch too. Like, their losses, they've had some close losses and that they look so much better. There's, there's a lot of guys in this Suns team that, like, you know, you've got the classics, Alex Sexton, uh, Kick four goals. Rankin, you know, these guys who are exciting to watch. But there's guys like... Budrick, and there's Sam Collins, who is a sneaky chance at an All-Australian maybe extended squad. Might not be Ooh, your reckon? actual final team, but... <laughs> That's big. I reckon he... Team of 40? Why not? He's uh, he's done some pretty good jobs, and he would have probably kept Tom Lynch to one goal had Lynch not been a dirty piece of shit, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. <laughs> I just want to point out the growth, right? Gold Coast haven't won a huge amount more games than they did last year, but their percentage at the moment is over 100% which is great for where they are on the ladder. Like, it's actually awesome. It's better than um, teams that are in contention for finals. Yeah. Last year, they finished on the bottom with a percentage of 60%. Jesus. That's a a ridiculous growth. I remember when Brisbane, when Chris Fagan joined Brisbane and we had like, in his first year, we won five games. The next year, we won five games. And then the next year, we played finals. And Brisbane's percentage would sort of creep up by like 20% every year that he was there. And yeah, that was the growth. But they've gone up forty percent in one year. It's off the chain. It's yeah, fucked. They'll be good next year. And, and there's those players that are like eighteen to twenty that are going to be better every year. Yeah, like guys like Powell. Like one of the honestly one of the biggest best things that Gold Coast did was picking up someone like Ellis, who is a very handy player for what they were missing. But actually, Greenwood, like Greenwood's not going to get again as Mark Rashudo. You know, oh, we didn't get a lot of possessions. But that's not the point. Green was not there to get a lot of possessions. He's a player who loves a contest. He's leading the AFL for tackles, and he's just a bull. Like he is in that midfield group to be like, this is what this is what we do. You go hard, you don't stop, and you just keep trying. And he would bring so much. He just seems to bring something to this to the side. Like he's a bit like a Robbo in that he yeah. brings like a non like a, not a, not a tangible stat that can be measured to a club. It's it's good to see. You watch him do it again next year. Uh, in the off-season, they'll, they'll bring a few more good players in. Well, just, just role players too as well because they've, yep. the, they've, the, they've got the cream in the draft pick. So they've just got to yep. wait for that to rise. So you just need you know players to kind of support those roles. Mm. Yep. The commentary team were trying to figure out what Gold Coast need to be a serious finals content, contender for next year. And all they could settle on was Stephen May. But, but do they? They've got Collins. Yeah. They've got Collins and they've got Lacocious down there. They're a good back line. Is, who's the other backman? Is it Rory Thompson? Uh, no, they're um, 
Thompson is one, but their main ones are Collins and um. Oh, what's yeah, his but, name? I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Um, but but my point, Tom, is Rory Ballard. Thompson Ballard. F- for years was like their main guy down back, and he's just yep. coming back from injury. So they get him back next year. It's like another recruit as well. He's a good player. Well, that's it. They've got they've got depth when they probably used to not have that. Mm. Mm. I and, you know, and people don't realize how good Jared Witz is for them just around the ground. Like he's their co-captain, and he kind of gets unnoticed because he's not Grundy or. Gorn or Goldstein or anything, but Wits has put together another pretty ripper season. Let's not forget <laughs> yeah. that the Brownlow was almost going to go to the same guy who won the Rising Star Award this year, but he did his hamstring <laughs> in the fucking fourth round or something. Shoulder. Oh, shoulder. That's right. My mistake. He'll win it next year. It's fine. <laughs> fucking hell. He'll win the Rising Star next year as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's eligible. Because he only played four games. Yeah. He played. F- I looked at his stats. He played four games, and he has a total of forty coaches votes. So he pulled ten in all no, four no, games no, no, he no. played in. <laughs> Tom, that's not correct. <laughs> Surely, or maybe played, five games, and he pulled. He played five 40. games, and he got thirty. Oh, there you go. He had three best on grounds. Fuck. So he had probably a quieter first game, then three straight best on grounds, and then he did the shoulder. Come on, Tom. No, I liked my version better. <laughs> yeah, so carried away. Tom, you're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> yeah, I am. So, uh, do you want to look at next week and the week after? Yeah, let's do that. It's uh, Festival of Footy Part 2, so things are getting real wild. Two of these games that we're tipping for will have already happened by the time the episode's out. We're going to tip for them anyway, and if I didn't lose to West Coast, know that I'm going to be significantly more depressed than I'd usually sound in this. So we're doing round 15 and 16 in this uh, in this profit call, and our episode next week will feature both rounds. Get excited. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fucked. So, Tuesday, Hawthorne take on Adelaide. Boys, they're getting one. Crows. Crows. This is big, because if Adelaide lose, uh, I think... I think it's going to be the 3rd of September will be their 13-month anniversary since they last won a game. Cool. Uh, the last team they beat was Fuck. St. Kilda last year. And yeah, have not won a game since. I think Hawthorne will be too angry at what happened last week and Adelaide will not fare well against that. Because, uh, boys, I don't think if you get to a 36-point lead at halftime against Adelaide that Adelaide are at any risk of coming back. Sorry, Adelaide, you're going to suck shit and not win a game all year. And I cannot wait. That's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next game, West Coast take on Essendon. Essendon. Easy. 40 points. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay, I'm on. I'm on the train. I'm on the (laughs) fucking freight train. West Coast. Toot toot, motherfuckers. But Sean, imagine, imagine how out of control things are going to get if Essendon beat West Coast. Oh, man. Uh, Essendon. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Next game. Richmond take on Frio. Oof. Richmond. 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 Then we have Sydney take on Melbourne. Melbourne. Sydney. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Melbourne season yeah. is on the line and they're going to lose to Sydney, is your call? I mean, it does sound like, like Melbourne, Melbourne, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm going to tip Melbourne. I reckon Mitch Brown will kick yeah. two. And maybe the people that have clearly discussed delisting him are like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> Make him captain. Yeah. 
Uh, then we have Giants take on Carlton. <sighs> this is hard. Giants. This I is hard. Giants. I think the Giants as well, but fuck, if Carlton stand for anything. <laughs> well, if Carlton win this, they, I think... Uh, yeah, fuck. Carlton will be feeling pretty flat after that shit as second qu- uh, second half effort against Collingwood. Uh, I think Giants will win because I think Jazz will probably go out for a fish again. Yeah, true. Yeah. I forgot about the power of fishing. Mm, he yeah, might Giants. 10. And then Friday night, which is fucking crazy that this is the last game of the round and it's on a Friday night. I'm still not used to this festival of footy stuff, uh, even though I weathered a whole one. Uh, Brisbane take on Collingwood. Brisbane, 10 goals. Lions. Closer Brisbane. than that, but they'll win. Brisbane. Eight goals, Tom? Because... Oh, th- Nah, I, I I think it'll be like maybe twenty points. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Sean. Collingwood are a bogey side for you guys. Yep, correct. This is big. Yep. Right. Now on to round sixteen, which also happens before our next episode. North Melbourne take on Port Adelaide. Port. Port Adelaide. Port. St Kilda take on Hawthorne. St Kilda. St Kilda. St Kilda. Geelong take on Essendon. Essendon. Geelong. Off a Sean. Off a bye. Oof. Geelong. To be fair, this bye is like seven days. <laughs> uh, this is an interesting one. My theory with this is that if Essendon lose to West Coast, they are significantly more likely to beat Geelong. But I think if they beat West Coast, they'll probably lose to Geelong. I will be tipping them both games either way. If Geelong win, they're going to be almost impossible to knock off in the Howgood's Footy Cup. Barring finals. <laughs> And yeah. uh, I don't know if we've had this rule yet, but whoever wins the grand final wins. Uh, so the ladder gets thrown out the window. Ah, good point. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, then we have Western Bulldogs take on West Coast. West Coast. Doggies. Oof. Yeah, I want to say doggies too. Fuck. Hurting. Uh, then we have... Melbourne take on Fremantle. Or did I already... No, we didn't do that one yet. Yeah, Melbourne. 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 Then Adelaide take on Giants. Oh, Adelaide. Giants. Fuck, you are dog shit. You're going to lose this one too. Giants. They're in trouble. Then Carlton take on Sydney. If Carlton beat Giants, they will win this easy. Sydney. I'm only on Sydney, like, (laughs) picking some plucky wins. According to you, they're going to get every plucky win between now and the end of the season and, like, what, finish, like, 12th? No, they're not, because they've got us round 18, so, uh, you know. And then last game of round 16 is Giants, not Giants, Brisbane take on the Suns. Uh, I said Giants because it's going to be a giant Brisbane win. (laughs) Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane again. Mm. Tom, do you reckon you'll be able to knock Port Adelaide off the top of the ladder by the end of the year? I, I I think they're they're a game ahead of us, and they'd have to lose to Essendon two games. I think they've either got to lose to North Essendon or Collingwood. So Essendon and Collingwood will beat them. Nah, but you don't want Collingwood to like get their way further into the eight. Oh, Tom, no, don't Tom. forget that. Don't forget Brisbane need to lose a game for you to go ahead of them. I think. Oh yeah, no, we would too, wouldn't we? We're How are we ahead of you now? Because we had a bye. Oh, right. One. Right. I thought we were equal <laughs> and it was our percentage that was pushing us up there. No. 
I mean, Port, if they lost any of those games and we kept winning, Sean, could realistically drop to third. Yeah, they could, definitely. They, they're going out Man, in straight sets anyway, so whatever. <laughs> so you guys should play each other in the qualifying finals and meet again in the grand final, right? Yeah, potentially, unless, unless Port fall down, in which case Brisbane go top, we go second, and we play Port in the first qualifier. That's bad, though, isn't it? Because that means you guys will play each other in a prelim. No, only if we lose. Whatever happens, happens. Oof. Our friendship will remain powerful, we think. Uh, well. <laughs> Maybe it's going in the bin. <laughs> oh. For about a week. Yeah, we'll Three weeks if Sean loses. We'll just be co-workers for a week. <laughs> just colleagues. This is my he's good my very, colleague, he's Sean. He's my very good colleague. <laughs> very close colleague. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Joel. Yes, Tom. Two questions for you. Yes. One, can you turn a fucking light on in your bedroom? I can barely fucking see you. Uh, Two... Do we have any emails? We got emails, and I got a light, uh, but unfortunately, based on the setup, you're only getting one of them, and that's the emails. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. So. Looks like you're about to tell me a ghost story and not read me an email. (laughs) Um, Right. First email. It's from Ryan. Subject. Joey! Uh, The email says... Yeah, boys! <laughs> Cheers, Ryan. <laughs> Short and sweet. That's oh, beautiful. that's a perfect email. That's a perfect email right there. Just hang on. How many words was that, Joel? Uh, three. Well, three if you count. Can I just say, Hemingway, shut the fuck up with your baby shoes. That's the best story <laughs> ever told. Three if you count Joey as part of the email. Five if you count Cheers, Ryan as... Part of the email with the fucking rest. If you want to do a writing analysis on this one, you can choose your own adventure here. <laughs> Still better than Hemingway. <laughs> Next email. And Tom, this one could break the record for words in an email uh, because the subject of this email is also the uh, body of the email, basically. Because the subject is. Okay. Uh, this one's from Jess. Subject is Gary Rowan is the sexiest man alive. The email okay. then says, love, love, love the pod. What a game. Smiley face sent from my iPhone. So Jess gets it all done. <laughs> Jess just gets it, lays it all out there in the subject. Man. I agree with Jess. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. 
Jess, I support <laughs> you and your love of the Superman that is Gary Rowan. <laughs> Uh, so we've got a massive email that's in our inbox next, but I want to close on that because I think it might be a fiery one. And this one could get you a bit warmed up for that too, actually, Sean. Uh, this one, subject. Uh, okay. Subject to this one is interesting. <laughs> Dear footy professors, after a few weeks off, I'm back. Yeah, that's right. This is from Kados. <laughs> oh, the weapon. At, four, at 4.28 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon... <laughs> I was watching the Collingwood v. Carlton game. Suddenly, my phone went off. It was a message from Carno saying, Go the Blues. Carlton were currently 11 points up, and Pies were looking shithouse. Well, that aged well, Carno. Wouldn't want to go early again this week when the Pies take on the Lions. Fuck the war on Collingwood. How good's footy? From the weapon of how good's footy email. Emails. Kados. Well, Kados, I will go early again. Brisbane's going to fucking kill your team this week. And I stand by that. I stand by, mate, anytime anyone hits the front against Collingwood, I'm going to send you a message and be like, get fucked, mate. Up that team. <laughs> More on Collingwood. Caden. Forever. Caden, you got to get around the early crow. Uh, calling it early, it's good. Feels powerful. Now, big one. This one's mm-hmm. from Baz. Subject, TCing as an act of love. Oh, don't like it already. Sean, what do you it's reckon? Already, it already sounds like filth. Fair greetings, fine footy folk. I listened to the latest episode and graciously listened to you wage thermonuclear war on my tigs, and I remained calm. Granted, it was largely warranted, but still, my heckles were only minimal, minimally raised. But then came the TC email. And let me just say, boys... Boys, 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 boys! A TC, as you define it anyway, is an act of deep love and understanding. To sense when one's team is due for an off day is something only a true fan with an intrinsic and intimate knowledge of their team can truly know. What the fuck is he talking about? What the fuck is he talking about? Didn't he just say? You. Didn't he just say? As we term it. That's not how we term it. You're putting your own fucked spin on it because you're barrack for a shit team. Sick of this. this Terminate the email. Awful. Sh- shut down yep. the inbox. I've had <laughs> the inbox it. is closed. We've got to put up with this level of stupidity again. Fuck. <sighs> is it worth con- is it worth continuing or is it just I I Does choose to tip against my team because of dumb reasons? Sean, it's a lot of that. I'm going to be honest with you. Filth. Would we be a good spouse? If we expected our partner to always succeed and be fine all the time? Or is it a truly great lover who understands their bow's weaknesses and knows how to find the silver lining? Perhaps Greek- Richard okay. is not okay. your lover. <laughs> no, no, no. Fuck with. No, no, no. I'm jumping in right here. Because you know Tom. what? Okay, if this is the analogy you want to make, this is the analogy you want to make about your partner, your wife, your husband, your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, what have you that they're always going to be fine. No, but when they're not fine, you support them anyway, you fuckhead. Good you work, don't Tom. TC on your partner. Yep. Jeez, I tell you what, Baz, you've you've dug a hole and then just jumped headfirst into it, and it's full of rocks, mate. Baz, what? you're a you're a fucking you're a nomad now. You have no team. <laughs> you don't deserve one. I suspect that Baz has sent this email once. One out of uh, he's he's realised he's he's been called out inadvertently for his TC behaviour in the past, and he's tried to justify it. Two. 
He goes on to have a bit of a brag in the email, and I reckon he just wanted us to know this part, which is... So, I'm skipping ahead, because, look, this email, is it's big. Um, big pile of shit. <laughs> basically, he goes on to say that it's brave to say, I don't think my team's going to win today. But as long as you can dig your heels in and declare, I know we're big underdogs today, but I've got a bit of a tingle and I know we're going to pull it off. And then he says, a feeling I've gotten before... A feeling I've gotten before Richmond's biggest upsets of the last decade and have rarely been wrong about. So he just wants to say yeah, that he's sure. good at tipping. Yeah. Baz. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Whatever. You're full of shit. Big TC. See, but you get those upsets if you tip your team every week. Yeah. Um, I've always got that tingle. Take that tingle, Baz, and shove it up your ass. That's just pathetic, that email. <laughs> You're a TC. Don't and- try and dance around it. Uh, so Baz, as a Richmond supporter, we actually got another email from a Richmond supporter, uh, called Patrick subject, Richmond's bad karma. And he tried to correct the karma that Richmond have put out into the universe, but your email was such a disgrace that unfortunately we can't read Pat's email today. It just isn't right. There's no amount of good karma in that one for this. Sorry, Pat. Sorry, Pat. Sorry, Pat. It blame, blame Baz. (laughs) Fuck. The emails, they're, they're shutting down now. That was, that's just no good. Yeah, uh, look, and if you want to send us an email to our inbox, which will be inactive from this point on, because I tell you what, there's been some tripe coming through there. You can send it to where it won't get read, uh, howgoodsfooty at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter. We won't read that either because, geez, lift, uh, at howgoodsfooty, or individually, I'm at Awkward Trade. I'm at Carney from 55. And I'm at Douche13. Um, fucking hell, if you're going to email us, you're going to have to lift. Look, if yeah. you're a TC, you're a TC, and you're just going to live with that. Yeah, you just gotta. You gotta. Strap in, boys. It's a big round of footy and round of footy to come in one week. <laughs> it's gonna be big. War on Collingwood. And now Richmond as well. I'm I'm angry at Richmond. Yeah. And Adelaide. That, and Hawthorne. Richmond Richmond need to have a fucking two hour <laughs> chat with themselves because they're looking at a war. There's a war on their horizon. <laughs> they need to be careful. Just ask Collingwood. You don't want this. No. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.